And the award for the most dramatic team goes to the Angels. Why? Because they can't just win, right, John? They have to make you think that they're going to lose, and then they make you think you're going to win, and then they make you think you're going to lose again, and then they win. This is what happened yesterday, and we're going to talk about it here on Locked On Angels. It's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Sirius XM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. Thank you to those that have done so. The five stars are appreciated. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB. And when you do, enter this promo code, Locked on MLB, and they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked on Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, aka the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. We are here for you five days a week, the only daily Los Angeles Angels podcast, the number one daily Los Angeles Angels podcast, and that's thanks to viewers and listeners like you. Sound like PBS. Viewers like you. This is made it possible in part by. Uh, hey, it's Fan Mail Friday, so we got two segments of Fan Mail Friday coming up, and we've got a recap of yesterday's dramatic game. Mike, I was on the edge of my seat through that whole thing. I mentioned that there's not a writer's, there's a writer strike happening, so there's nobody writing TV right now, but you don't need scripted television. You got <laughs> the Angels and their dramatics, don't you? Right, and it was a victory, and they split the series, and that oh. was great because this is a this is a good team, the Baltimore Orioles. And we ended yesterday's show by saying, "Don't fall under five hundred. The who? Don't do it. The, the Baltimore Orioles." <laughs> <laughs> and and they didn't. They didn't fall under five hundred, Johnny, which was fantastic. They're a game over five hundred, and what an entertaining game! And you know it was an entertaining game because Jeff Fletcher actually tweeted that out. He never shows any sort of emotion, and he, he tweeted out, <laughs> "What an entertaining game!" Right? What a game. What and a so, game. Uh, our boy. Trout hits another home run. Yeah. Looks like he's adjusting, John. Huh? How about oh, that? Weird. And then Shohei Otani hits a home run. They both have 10. Louis Ranjifo has three hits. What a game and for Louis. Here, here's the thing that, that I appreciated. It was Tyler Anderson, again, eating five innings. And I know that he's not the guy that we expected him to be that he was last year, mm-hmm. but him continuing to eat up innings, I think is really beneficial. And the only thing he's got to really work on is, is his walk rate, man. He is just really struggling there. And then the bullpen backed him up more. And Carlos Estevez, both of those guys, I'll tell you, they are, they are the best signings or at least one of the best signings for the angels this last off season. And then Chris Davinsky, who has been pretty good, he was the reason why this game actually got tied up mm-hmm. because he came in and struggled a bit, gave up two runs in one inning pitch. And then John, let's just let's just talk about that ninth inning for a moment. Oof. That that double down the line and Hunter Renfro off of his back foot yeah. throws a dart to second base and throws out his old college roommate, I believe it was. Yes, Adam and, Frazier. And gets the out, which was incredible. And the Angels were able to come away with a victory, but I'm not doing any justice, John. So I need you to give us the emotion and the dramatics of this game. Yeah. The thing about Tyler Anderson in the books, Mike, five innings pitched three runs. You know what a quality start is five innings pitched three runs or less, right? So in the book, in the record books, it's a quality start, but it wasn't without its dramatics. Here's what I liked about Tyler Anderson. He got a ton of soft contact. He got a ton of pop-ups. He was placing 
the changeup on the outside and the inside, getting guys to swing at it and pop it up and just and do some ground outs. So I feel like this was a step in the right direction. Now, the walks are always going to be an issue, and that certainly needs to be cleaned up. And the home run he gave up was just on a cutter inside, and it it caught a lot of the zone. But yeah. he was working that cutter in this game. Had he not given up that home run and the three runs surrendered, he could have easily gone maybe six, maybe even seven. And so the thing is, is the Orioles are an offensive team. They have a great offense, and they have a great bullpen. Their starting pitching is somewhat iffy. They, they can give you decent starts, but they haven't been consistent yet. And the Orioles are obviously one of the best teams in baseball right now. The fact that we've split this series with them, we each took two, is really reassuring to me because I was expecting coming in and being competitive, but I was really worried that we were going to lose this series, especially a four-game set, Mike. And so it's really important to remember that this is a tough Baltimore team, and it's really great that the Angels were able to come through and and win, or not win, but win this game and, and take this series and split it. I'm looking up a stat here. We have to remember the Angels are 23 and 22 right now. Mm-hmm. They're not out of it. Texas is not hold, holding it very tightly to first place. Right. The Astros are struggling here and there. I know they beat the Cubs on Wednesday. But here is a tweet from a follower of ours, a listener of ours, Stefan Muma, who said that if the Angels want to get to 90 games, 90 wins, there's exactly five nine-game sets in a 162-game season. The first nine games, the Angels went five and four. The second nine games, they went four and five. The third set, they went five and four. The fourth set, which included the sweep of the Cardinals, they went six and three. And then this fifth set of nine games, because Thursday was game 45, they went three and six. Hmm. So the progress so far is within these 45 games, they're two games short of the 90-win pace. Yeah. However, if they finish May going with 15 wins in this month, they'll get that pace back Yep, because you want to get 15 wins every single month to get to 90 wins, which we believe will put them right in wild card contention and conversation. Yeah. yeah. Here's here's the big thing about uh, yesterday's game, John. It's game 45. And if Angel fans remember, and I know that they do, it was game 45 when the 14-game losing streak started last year. Mm-hmm. And game 45 was when everything fell apart. This year, we got a victory, a great victory, a fun victory, mm-hmm. come from behind victory. And I think that that is an indicator of where this team is headed. I know that 27 and 17 looks sexy in the stats from last year, right? But we also have to remember how we got there. We got there with our starters going three and four innings. We got there with Joe Madden bringing in our bullpen and letting them get blown up by the time May and June came around. We got there because there were some not-so-great decisions that didn't actually affect the team in that moment, but hmm. did affect the team after that moment, especially mm-hmm. during the 14 game losing streak. So, this team on paper is better than last year's team. Yeah. And I think that what we're also going to discover is in the next 14 games, 
now 13 games, I think we're going to see this team take some ground. I know that it's been frustrating to see them go back and forth at 500, over 500, back to 500, now a game over 500. I think that we're going to see these players who are better. I think we're going to see these players really come through and we're going to start to see us move away from falling back to 500. I think getting to 15 wins at the end of this month is very easily doable. I'm encouraged by the fact that, you know, Trout gets the two-run home run yesterday. Otani leads off the game in his first at-bat, getting a home run, a solo shot, and then he gets the go-ahead run later on with that RBI single, and then you have somebody like Renjifo, who had the three hits and the walk, stole second base, and yeah. put himself in scoring position for Zach Neto, who came through. Man, it was it was smart baseball, and it's those kinds of plays and those kinds of moves that people don't give Phil Nevin credit for. They'll yeah. say, oh, Phil Nevin lost us this game. I thought he made great decisions. I know I know Davinsky gave up the the two-run shot, but I'll take I'll take Davinsky more and Estevez to finish out the game any day of the week. He also yep. had Andrew Wanson there yeah. as well. And and he gave them all clean innings, Mike. And that was the key thing there. And I think if you relate this back to Joe Madden last season, not enough clean innings for the bullpen. I know that Phil Nevin was on that trajectory to look a lot like Joe Madden did last season, the way he was being told what to do and whatnot. But I think that's all changed. I think Phil made some great decision-making. That stolen base by Renjifo was critical because yep. they sent him and Neto was able to get him in after that. So that was really encouraging to see. Hey, the Angels play the Twins tonight at 6.38 Pacific time. Our boys are back home after a tough road trip and we're happy to have them back at the Big A. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you got to do is search Angels and coming up on Locked On Angels, does David Fletcher have a spot on this team if the Angels want to bring him back and what needs to happen in order for that to happen? We'll talk about that coming right up. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming you as fans into incredible owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards. There's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. Head to SoRare.com slash on today. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com. You can draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing to win really incredible rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash on and play today. So go and dominate, please. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen today. Hey, Lockdown Everydayers, join us Monday as we recap the entire Twins series this weekend. You know, they're uh, they're an interesting team. I know Carlos Correa was their big offseason acquisition, and he's not doing so great, Mike. No. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But you can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you got to do is search angels it's fan mail friday you sent us all sorts of questions and we've got all sorts of answers but john let's start with a voicemail from our buddy tracy hey guys tracy from henderson nevada been a 
while since I um, chimed in with my two cents worth, so here goes. I think Chad Wallach right now is our number one catcher. Is Max Stassi better right now than Chad, Chad Wallach? I don't think so. And Otani uh, seems to be very comfortable throwing to um, Wallach. Uh, so that's a decision I think that, you know, we don't know the status of Stassi, but that's going to have to be made here pretty quick. Also, when it comes to Gerald Ross coming back, at first base, I'm not sure that that's a lock. Um, Ursula, I think, is going to need to stay in the lineup. And then when Rendon comes back, uh, hopefully sooner than later, um, you know, there's going to be some moving pieces that uh, have to be put in the right spots. But um, we're getting a lot of production out of uh, Ursella. And um, I think he needs to be in the lineup every day. So um, anyway, that's my two cents worth. And as always, loving the podcast. Light up the halo. Tracy from Henderson, Nevada. Thank you for giving us a call and leaving your voicemail. Mike, Chad Wallach, is he better than Max Stassi right now? If Stassi were to return tomorrow, who are you going with? I'm going with Chad Wallach, and I've always been a fan of Chad Wallach, and I like Chad Wallach in the position that we have him in. And Chad has always responded to the moments that he has been in. And so I, I think you got to go with him. And the reason why you got to go with him is because Stassi's been out for so long, mm-hmm. and I think that he's obviously going to need a rehab assignment. But even if he comes back, I don't think that you remove Chad Wallach from the rotation of catchers. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would start him more than I would start Max Stassi. Now, if Stassi gets hot, Awesome. And that would be just a benefit to this team. But I think Chad has has shown us that he's somebody that can carry this team, the starting pitching and the bullpen, but he's also somebody that can contribute offensively. Yeah, he's got a hot bat right now and he's he's doing a great job. So uh, really, if you look at Max Stassi's last season and you look at what Wallach is doing now, I mean, the, the most recent data we have for Stassi is what he did in 2022 and it's not great. Right. And so to have Chad Wallach back there, I think Tracy makes a really good point. Like Otani likes to pitch to him and and he's filling in very nicely there. Now he mentioned, is Jared Walsh a lock for returning to first base because of how well Urshel has been doing and Anthony Rendon coming back to play third? Here's what I think about this whole situation. I think that Walsh coming back actually adds a lot of flexibility to that infield and even to the outfield. And I'll explain. We might see Urshela and Walsh split some time at first base based on the opposing pitcher. If they're a lefty, you certainly don't want to put Walsh in against lefties. He's not typically too great against them. I know he had some kind of weird splits in 2022, but typically he does struggle against the lefty. I think Urshela being a lock at third means Rendon can have his time off and we won't have to worry about missing a bat if Walsh is over there at first and Urshela's yeah. at third. Walsh might even play the infield. I know we've talked about that a lot, and I know that's always been kind of an idea that gets thrown around, but I think this is the year that they're going to actually put that into action, especially with Taylor Ward not being the Taylor Ward of last year, or maybe you even have Hunter Renfro take a day off, and you can put Walsh out there as well. Because I would say that if you want to keep some pop in the lineup, I think Jared Walsh gives you that pop. So if Renfro is off, Jared Walsh can swing it for you. Uh, Somebody on Instagram, Darcy Carroll, he wrote us and said uh, with a question, he wanted to make this point. He said it makes Drury the everyday second baseman. So Mm. he has a permanent spot and doesn't have to switch all over the field. So again, I think that there's a lot of flexibility to this team. I think that they'll 
take advantage of Walsh being in the outfield if they want to keep Urshela's bat in there. If it's uh, uh, if they want to keep Urshela in the lineup, they'll do it against lefties. So I think there's a lot of options here. And again, the versatility just makes this so much easier for everyone all the way around. Yesterday, our buddy An- Andrew from Angels Top Plays uh, posted Walsh's uh stat line his slash line from triple a uh dude's crushing it his timing is coming back can't mm-hmm. wait to see that guy back all right johnny this is from joseph manzer on youtube he said uh what does a minor league player any player have to do to get a shot at the majors is it a positional need by the angels is it a numbers issue what are the options is it just a belief that the player has uh, hit a ceiling in the minor leagues it seems like the angels are just treading water this season and need a jolt of youth in certain <laughs> spots. So understandable with the loss of, of Walsh and Ohapi and Rendon and Stassi being hurt, but what does a minor leaguer need to do, Johnny? Mike, I think there's kind of a, a, a hierarchy to calling up a player. And I think it's this, I think first it's areas of need position wise or pitching wise. Those guys are going to get their opportunities right away. I think the second hierarchy in, in that is, Injury. You see Levon Soto get a call up to give the infield some flexibility with Rendon out. How about him yesterday, by the way? He likes playing in the major leagues. Yeah, (laughs) no kidding. Uh, Minor league stats be danged, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's that stupid ball in double A. That's the problem. That's right. Uh, So injury, I think, is the second tier. I think the third tier, Mike, is solving a problem. Mm. And the Angels had terrible infield defense, and that's been helped out tremendously by Zach Neto. I think that's why they brought him up so quickly. And then finally, I think it's a guy is just doing so good that you just can't say no. However, I think you got to be careful with that in the case of somebody like Joe Adele, where they have him in the minors for a reason. They want him to cook. They want him to get his confidence back. So as much as he's crushing it right now and making it hard to say no, I think that he's in the exact right spot he needs to be. And I think Mickey Moniak's a great example of you can't say no because he's been doing great in AAA. Right. He's come up and served this team pretty well, splitting time with, with Taylor Ward out there. Yeah. A question from Twitter, John, from Scott Freeman, always has some really great things to say. He said, Fletch's slash line is really great in, in AAA. Exactly, actually, what we would hope for in the major leagues. And so he said, what are the parameters or requirements for him to be called back up again? And specifically, Fletch at short. Now, uh, I'll let you answer this one, but I do want to say, like, with with Zach Neto's performance at shortstop, I, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think with the infield we have right now, we have a lot of flexibility in that infield, especially mm-hmm. when Jared Walsh comes back. And I think, unfortunately, when it comes to David Fletcher, he might be the odd man out. Do you agree? I think so. And they they wanted to give him everyday reps, and he wasn't getting that at the major league level. And even if he did come back, I don't think he would get everyday reps. And I think that's the concern here. Uh, Scott mentioned Neto's defense is great, but his bat isn't. And he mentioned again, Fletch's stats batting 299, 380 on base, 725 slugging. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Who's that guy? (laughs) I know. So uh, obviously, Mike, he's performing well on defense regarding Zach Neto. The areas in which he's performing well at the plate, I want to talk about the bat. He's 85th percentile in the league in whiff rate, so he's not swinging and missing very often. He's in the 93rd percentile in chase rate, and you see that because he's not swinging outside the zone or taking bad swings at pitches outside the zone. Right. He's in the 64th percentile in max exit velocity, so he is hitting the ball pretty hard. He's in the 82nd percentile in strikeout rate. 
So these indicate that he's working and going deep into counts. He's hitting the ball decently hard, and he's got a patient approach. Now, here's not here's what's not working at the plate for Zach Neto right now. The walk rate. He's in the second percentile, Mike, mm. <laughs> in the entire league. Yeah. Uh, the hard hit percentage, he's in the 37th percentile. And the barrel percentage, he's in the 44th percentile. Now, here are the two things I want to focus on that aren't so great at the plate. The expected batting average right now for Zach Neto is he's in the 42nd percentile. The expected weighted on base percentage uh, it uses exit velocity and launch angle and on certain types of balls, sprint speed. So basically how his bat is connecting with the ball, his expected on-base percentage is in the 38th percentile. So essentially this, buckle up nerds, here's all the stats. He's doing a lot of things right at the plate and the expected numbers, the, the those numbers that give you predictors, those numbers that say, hey, this guy is going to do this. Expected batting average, expected WOBA. Those are the two things that can change if Zach Neto makes an adjustment. He's been in the league for just over a month, barely over a month, hitting major league talent, pitching talent for the first time ever. He's playing college last year. So I'm confident that the adjustments will come. And, and as for Fletcher, going back to him, the Angels made this whole situation way more complicated when they took him off the 40-man roster. They took him off. I'm not quite sure why, but putting him back is going to require DFAing somebody if they want to bring Fletcher back up. He's got to be on the 40 man. I'm not sure what went into that decision, but it's just made things a whole lot more complicated after that. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is a clothing company that's all about your comfort. John and I recently got two pairs of shorts from Bird Dogs, and these shorts are some of the most comfortable shorts we have worn in the entire world, in our entire lives. All right. And I'm, I know I'm being dramatic, but I'm actually telling you the truth. We look good and we feel good wearing Bird Dogs. This fabric is stretchy, so it fits you instead of you trying to make it fit. Bird Dogs gives you the freedom to wear a pair of shorts or a pair of pants on the golf course to a meeting on a date or just hanging out with friends. They're casual, they're comfy, and they make you look good. So if you want to be casual, comfy, and look good like we look good, and we know you do, then get yourself a pair of Bird Dogs shorts and pants. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB. Use our promo code LOCKEDONMLB. And when you do, our friends at Bird Dogs will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONMLB. Use our promo code LOCKEDONMLB. You can look good, feel good, and get yourself a pair of pants and shorts to be comfy from Bird Dogs. Hey, Mike, we got one more voicemail today. Let's check it out. Hey, John and Mike, this is Max from Corona, California. I'm just calling because I know you guys like to defend Anthony Rendon a lot, saying he does deliver with runners um, in scoring position. But how can you do that when you're not even available to play in the game? I think Anthony Rendon is literally made out of glass at this point. Um, he's not living up to his contract, to that insane contract that we gave uh, him during the period where we're trying to get Garrett Cole. Uh, like you guys like to say, Artie Moreno likes to give you the next best option or the biggest free agent. But at this point, 
uh, I think all Halo fans would rather see, you know, Geo instead of Anthony Rendon. And I know you guys like to defend him at that four spot, on that cleanup spot. Um, he's not a cleanup hitter, but I guess he performs with runners on scoring position. But if Mike Trout and Otani can't get on base, what is Anthony Rendon good for? So that's just my take. Keep up the great work on your show. I'll watch it every day. Thank you. Max from Corona, thanks for sending in your voicemail and your question about Anthony Rendon. Mike, Rendon, not living up to the contract. What do you think? He's not. No. Right. He's not. And He's and, not worth $38 million. Right, right. He hasn't been healthy, and, and the amount of time that he's played hasn't been fantastic. I think you shared a stat. He's... He's only like been a small percentage of games this year. Yes. It's only it's been like 78, 79% percentage. Uh, we when we talked about Rendon, John, we didn't necessarily defend him in that cleanup spot. We we talked about his his on base percentage mm-hmm. and his ability to get on base. So uh, our, our buddy was it Max? Um, he said that if you know Trout and and Otani don't get on, then then what what good is Rendon? Well, mm-hmm. Rendon is good at drawing a walk. That's mm-hmm. where he's good. He's good at getting a single. He's good at hitting doubles. And so in this world, and I, I would assume, Max, that you're probably a, a longtime baseball fan like John and I, we we are used to leadoff hitter really fast. Second hitter is uh, kind of a ground ball, make contact guy. Mm-hmm. Third hitter is is your high average guy. And then fourth hitter is your Hunter Renfro, like big, big bomber type of guy. Mm-hmm. But in this baseball world, it's not that anymore. Yeah. And, and so you have Trout and Otani high in this order because you want to get them as many at-bats as possible. And then you have somebody like Anthony Rendon batting cleanup because what you need from your cleanup hitter is to move those runners over. What you need from your cleanup hitter is to get on base. What you need from your, from your cleanup hitter is to make contact. And Anthony Rendon does all of those things. When he's healthy, and I get it, that's frustrating when he's not healthy. He's certainly not worth the $36, $38 million that he's getting per year because he hasn't been on the field. But Mm -hmm. I guess, I guess, Mike, here's the thing. We are not, you and I are not an echo chamber of, Artie needs to sell the team. Rendon's a bust, yada, yada, yada. People come to listen and watch Locked on Angels because we want to tell you what's going on on the field. And so far this season... When he's been on the field, Anthony Rendon has been a helpful part of the lineup. Again, yeah. is it worth $38 million? No. No, don't think so. However, here's what we have so far. He's got a 415 on base percentage and a 301 batting average. Yeah, and the slugging is pretty sad right now. And here's where I'm going to get into more stats here. He hasn't barreled anything. He has not put the, the meaty part of the bat on the baseball, he's in the 20th percentile in barrel rate this season. Now, here's the weird thing. He's 74th in average exit velocity, but only 27th in max exit velocity. So he's hitting it hard consistently. He's just not hitting it as hard as everybody else because, again, he's not barreling the ball to the bat. Right. Um, He's 62nd in expected slugging. And again, like I mentioned before, that's a predictive number. And as soon as Rendon actually puts the barrel of the bat to the ball, the power is going to return. And let's be honest, Mike. I know people like to complain about Rendon. This is the risk you run when you sign guys in their late 20s. This is why you have to develop well and get your own guys like Jared Walsh and and Taylor Ward and Joe Adele, right? Like these, this is why you need to develop well. Because look, yeah. look at this. Carlos Correa, 
signed with the Twins. He he did come back to the Twins, batting 203. He's got an 80 OPS plus, which means he's 20% worse than league average. Trey Turner. Everybody wanted Trey Turner at shortstop. He's batting 262, a 308 on base, 399 slugging, a 707 OPS. He's got an OPS plus of 94, which is 6% worse than league average. Trevor Story, the prior offseason, everybody thought the Angels should go out and get him. Mike, he hasn't played for the Red Sox since September 11th of 2022. Yeah. So this is what happens when you sign guys in their late 20s to seven-plus year contracts. We saw it with Pujols. We saw it, we see it with Anthony Rendon, but the Angels are not the only ones to to do that. But that's the risk you run when you want a guy like this. Johnny, how about uh, two real rapid fire questions? First, Ken from Pasadena, your neighbor. Uh, he that's asked right. the question about the Angels training and medical staff with Rendon out and Ohapi out, and he actually brings up uh, you know Walsh Walsh's mom finding uh, yes. a clinic for him, and then he even mentions how John, you you John, your chiropractor actually diagnosed Trout's issue. Yeah, and so is there is there a problem with the Angels medical staff that that we can see? Is there need something to be addressed there? Well, Ken, the first thing I'll say is the Jared Walsh thing. I think that was a kind of a private struggle he was having, so I think that his mom was kind of the one to convince him, like, "Hey, son, you got to do something about this." So he didn't go to the coaches. I don't think he went to the staff. All they knew was that he needed the thoracic outlet syndrome stuff. But here's where it gets fishy, Mike. The Angels radio, uh, they they remember they were directed to not have Sam Blum on the beat writer right. round table. Right. Uh, that was a John Carpino order because yep. Sam was perceived to be too negative. Right. And in solidarity, the rest of the beat writers, Rhett Bollinger and Jeff Fletcher and Sarah Valenzuela, they decided not to join in on it either, because if you're not going to have Sam on, you can't be fair and objective, and we're not going to participate either. Shortly thereafter, Mike, the Angels cut off access to the medical staff for questions and interviews. They said, if you have any questions, they could be run through Phil Nevin or what have you. And so <laughs> good luck getting an answer yeah. from the Angels medical staff yeah. about anything. And funny enough, Nevin was the one to mention that you know, Rendon, I know he's on the IL and he's actually feeling better. He probably didn't even need this IL stint, but we just wanted to be safe than sorry. <laughs> it cracks me up because it's like Rendon could have sat out for two, three games and still been on the bench and he didn't need an IL stint. Like it, the whole medical staff stuff is just ridiculous. And it's the way the organization is run that makes this insane right yeah now. <laughs> yeah right last question johnny from david newbauer a, a good friend of ours he asked the question about like what should the angels do during the uh trade deadline to Ooh, upgrade so what, what do you think one. hey starting pitching is where it's at for me i think okay. the angels need a starter yeah i need they need to shore up the uh the the six-man rotation i think if you get somebody who can be a a two three or four i think that's going to help them out tremendously mike my guess here I don't know if the Angels would go for it, but the Pirates will make Mitch Keller available. He's had mm. a incredible year so far. He's 5 and 1 with a 2.38 ERA, 56 and 2 thirds innings pitched, 69 strikeouts and a 1.02 whip. Mike, he's got 2 years of arbitration after 2023. So you wow. got him for the rest of this year and two more years of arbitration. Worth it? 
What do you think? Hmm. I, I, I like that move. I wonder if the Pirates would actually want to make that move because they have been, at least to start the year, in contention. And I think I Locked think- On Pirates would be really mad at you for suggesting that. <laughs> I don't know that they'll be there. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, you can say that out loud. I'm going to think it out loud. I don't think they're going to be there. <laughs> and I do think that starting pitching would be great because I think that we can actually fill our bullpen with some of our young guys from the minor leagues like Ben Joyce and Sam Bachman. Mm-hmm. And so I think you go and get a, a, a pitcher who's going to be able to eat up some innings for you. Everybody's going to want Mitch Keller at the deadline. So it's going to be one team or another is going to get him. Whether it's the Angels or not, I don't know. I just think that he's going to be the one that everybody targets. So keep an eye out on that one. Hey, thanks for being here today for Locked On Angels and making it your first listen of the day. Remember, the Angels play the Twins tonight at 6.35 Pacific time. It's been nice to have these early games. And so now we're back on the West Coast, so they're nighttime games. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow at Locked on Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to catch up with you there. If you're on YouTube, comment below. Let us know that you're here. Say hello. It really helps out the channel, and we'll do our best to get back to your comments. Mike, what do we have on deck for Monday's show? Well, we're playing the Twins, and we're going to recap each of the games in each segment on Monday, and we're going to talk specifically about how the Angels do, if it's going to be dramatic or if it actually is going to be something that they uh, you know, can do calm, cool, and collected. Our hope is that they actually win the series, so we're hoping that they can get at least two of these games this weekend. So join us on Monday on Locked on Angels as we recap this series. Speaking of twins, how about some how about some home runs this weekend from Mike Trout and Hunter Renfro? That's what I want to see. Let's yes. go. Alright, friends. We hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked on Angels, and we'll see you back here on Monday. Monday.